It is week seven of Masechus Rosh Hashanah with the Sydney Kodal. We are holding the Gemara Dafzayim at base about 14 lines up from the bottom of the page. At the end of last week, we left off in the middle of a discussion. The Gemara had asked the question, why does the Mishnah start with the clause that there are four Rosh Hashanahs, when in actual fact we listed in the Mishnah more than four dates that constitute a Rosh Hashanah for something? On this, the Gemara gave two answers. Rava said that what the Mishnah means when it says there are four Rosh Hashanahs is that there are at least four Rosh Hashanahs according to each opinion. That not everyone agrees with all the dates that are Rosh Hashanah for something, but every opinion, and, the, and Rava gave some examples, gave Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shimon, each of them hold of four of the dates for Rosh Hashanah, but one of the dates that would constitute a fifth date for Rosh Hashanah, they don't hold by. So essentially Rava said, Everyone holds of at least four Rosh Hashanahs, even if they don't agree with all of the dates listed in the Mishnah as being a Rosh Hashanah. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak gave a slightly different answer. He said that when the Mishnah says four Rosh Hashanahs, it doesn't mean four dates for Rosh Hashanah. It means four months in the year that have at least one Rosh Hashanah in them. So Nisan might have two Rosh Hashanahs in it, the first and the 15th, but nonetheless it's only counted as one of the four. When the Mishnah says there are four, it means four months in the year that have at least one Rosh Hashanah in them. That's why we left off at the end of last week. The Gemara asked a question on this from the following Bryce. Mesve, they asked a question from a Bryce. Shisha Asar Nisan, the 16th of Nisan, Rosh Hashanah La Omer, is the new year for the Omer. Now, we didn't list this in the Mishnah. 16th of Nisan, Rosh Hashanah for the Omer. It's a new Rosh Hashanah we haven't heard of yet. It's in a month that we've already listed in the Mishnah. It's in Nisan, but it's a new Rosh Hashanah otherwise. What is the Omer? The Korban Omer was a Korban, a sacrifice that was brought when the temple stood on the second day of Pesach, on the 16th of Nisan. And before the Korban Omer was brought on the 16th of Nisan, the new crop of all grains that grew each year was not allowed to be eaten. So from the 16th of Nisan, from when the Korban Omer was brought, then everyone would be allowed to eat from the new crop of that year. The Brisa continues, Shishab Sivan on the 6th of Sivan, which is Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah L'Shtei Alechem. That is the new year for the Shtei Alechem, the two loaves. What are the two loaves, the Shtei Alechem? That's a special offering of two breads brought on Shavuos. Even though the Omer offering that we just mentioned permitted ordinary, in other words, non-sacred consumption of the new crop, the crop still remained unfit for use in Mincha offerings, in Korban offerings, until these two loaves were offered from the new wheat crop on Shavuos. So in other words, the Shtei permits for use in the temple what the Omer permits for ordinary consumption. So this relates, both of these offerings relate to permitting for consumption or for use in the temple the new crop of the new year. You can't eat for non-sacred consumption the new crop until the Korban Omer is brought on the 16th of Nisan and you cannot use in a Korban Mincha offering the new crop until the Shtei is offered on Shavuos. So the Gemara says these are two new years that we haven't encountered before. Albeit, as we mentioned, one of them occurs in Nisan, which is a month that we're already familiar with from our Mishnah. But Rava listening Shisha. According to Rava, who said that there are actually genuinely four Rosh Hashanahs in the year, according to every opinion, this should mean there are actually six Rosh Hashanahs in the year. He said that everyone held there are at least four Rosh Hashanahs, so shouldn't everyone hold there are at least six Rosh Hashanahs? Why do they not count the Rosh Hashanah for the Omer and the Rosh Hashanah for the Shtei and the Rav Nachman by Yitzchak listen Chamisha. According to Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, who said that the Mishnah meant there are at least four months in the year where there are Rosh Hashanahs in those months, then there should be now five months in the year where there are Rosh Hashanahs in those months. Because 
the Shtei Alechem, which are offered on the 6th of Sivan, that's a new month that wasn't listed in our Mishnah. The Korban Omer, that's a month we already have in our Mishnah. Nisan's already accounted for in our Mishnah. But at least there should be one additional month, Sivan, that's not accounted for in our Mishnah. So why didn't the Mishnah say there were five months, according to Rav Nachman Rayitzchak? So the Gemara answers, Amr of Papa of Papa said, we're not worried about the Shtei Alechem and the Korban Omer. They weren't accounted for in our Mishnah because Kika Choshev Midi Dechalma Ursa. The Mishnah only lists things that take effect from the evening. In other words, from the night before the day. As soon as the previous day ends at nightfall and the new day begins. But Midi Delo Chalma Ursa Lo Something that doesn't take effect at the night, it doesn't enumerate. In other words, the Mishnah is telling us all the things where the Rosh Hashanah begins as soon as the Halachic day begins, the night before. When the previous day turns to night, then the new day begins and we have a Rosh Hashanah. But when it comes to the Shtei Alechem and the Korban Omer, those things do not take effect the night before. They only take effect as a Rosh Hashanah when the Korban Omer or the Shtei Alechem is actually brought and that is only brought in the daytime of the 16th of Nisan or the 6th of Sivan. And therefore the Gemara says the Mishnah did not list these two Rosh Hashanahs or did not account for them because in actual fact the Mishnah was dealing with only with things that are a Rosh Hashanah in the night before but not things that you have to wait until the daytime like you have to wait until you bring a Korban in the day of the 16th of Nisan, the 6th of Sivan for the Rosh Hashanah to take effect. So the Gemara challenges this. But wait a minute, aren't there the Regalim? The Mishnah told us that Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for Regalim, for festivals. The Lo Chalim Urusa. They didn't take effect in the night. The Kachoshev, and yet the Mishnah lists them as the New Year for festivals. In other words, the Gemara assumes at this stage that when the Mishnah said the New Year for festivals is the 15th of Nisan, that means the daytime of the 15th of Nisan, which will be the first opportunity for someone to bring a Korban in the Beis HaMikdash on the festivals. Because we mentioned that when we talked about the Rosh Hashanah for festivals, that the idea was that a person would have a chance to bring their korban that they'd promised to bring in order not to transgress the prohibition of Balta'achar of delaying payment of a korban. And the Gemara assumes at this stage that that prohibition would only kick in when a person has had the opportunity to bring the korban on the day, the first day of the festival, which will be the first time that a person could bring such a korban on the festival. That's what the Gemara assumes at this stage. And therefore the Gemara says, how can you say that the Mishnah only lists things which take effect in the night time, the night before, when surely the prohibition of Baal Ta'achar, of not delaying payment, which is contingent on the Rosh Hashanah, the, the new year for festivals, which is on the 15th of Nisan, surely that only takes effect on the daytime of the 15th of Nisan, which will be the first opportunity for someone who comes on the pilgrimage festival to offer a korban. So the Gemara answers, The Gemara says, no, your assumption was incorrect. A person does not have to wait until the daytime of the 15th of Nisan before he is liable for the prohibition about Ta'achar of delaying payment on that festival. Because actually, a person was already required to bring that korban from the time he made his vow. He should have brought it from the time he made his vow. We've just made the liability for not bringing that vow contingent on the arrival of a festival. But really, as soon as the festival arrives in the night time, a person will immediately be liable for delaying payment of his vow. So according to Rabbi Shimon, for example, that a person has three festivals before he is liable for Balta Acher, for delaying payment of the vow. If a person made a neder to bring a korban, he did so a week before Pesach, 
then as soon as he gets to the first night of Sukkot, so once he's gone through Pesach and then Shavuos, as soon as he gets to the first night of Sukkot, he is liable for the prohibition of Baal of delaying payment of his vow. We don't wait until the daytime of the first day of Sukkot to say, oh, he missed his first opportunity to bring it on Sukkot, because in reality, he's already had six months to bring this karma and he didn't bring it. So as soon as the first night of Sukkot arrives, his liability kicks in. And therefore the Gemara says, Really, the Mishnah only lists those Rosh Hashanahs which take effect in the nighttime, and that includes Yom Tov, that includes Regalim, and therefore it excluded the Korban Omer and the Shtei Alechem. The Gemara continues to persist on this line of questioning. Vahari Yovlos, what about Yovel? Yovel does not take effect at night. The Kachashiv, and yet the Mishnah enumerates the new year for Yovel. Yovel is the 50th year of the Shemitah cycle. And the Gemara assumes at this stage, as we're going to have a further discussion later in the week, the Gemara assumes that Yovel only begins when the shofar is blown on Yom Kippur of the 50th year, which would be the daytime. And therefore the Gemara says, surely Yovel does not begin on the night before, the night before Yom Kippur or the night before the first of Tishrei, Yovel only really takes effect on the 10th of Tishrei in the day when the shofar is blown on Yom Kippur. And yet that is listed in the Mishnah. So how can you say that the Mishnah only lists things which take effect at night when Yovel only takes effect on the daytime of the 10th of Tishrei when the shofar is blown on Yom Kippur? So the Gemara answers, Rabbi Yishmael ben Oshar Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. You know, this Mishnah is following the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, the Amor on Rosh Hashanah Chal Yovel, who said that Yovel actually goes into effect from the first of Tishrei. There's going to be a machlokas, we're going to elaborate on it later in the week, whether Yovel begins on the first of Tishrei, which then it could be the night time of the first of Tishrei, or whether we have to wait until the daytime of Yom Kippur on the 10th of Tishrei to blow the shofar for Yovel to begin. And this Mishnah follows the opinion that it starts on the first of Tishrei, and therefore Yovel also is the, an example of something that takes effect in the night time. The Gemara continues with another explanation of why our Mishnah doesn't count the new year with respect to the Omer and the two loaves on the 16th of Nisan and the 6th of Sivan, respectively. A second answer. Rav Shisha of The Mishnah only listed things that are not dependent on an action. If something is not dependent on an action, is not listed. And these Rosh Hashanahs are dependent on someone bringing the Korban Omer or the Shtei Alechem, and therefore these are not listed in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is just dealing with things that just passively arrive as a Rosh Hashanah, not things that are dependent on the carbon being brought or on an action. So the Gemara says, similar to its previous line of questioning, isn't the New Year for festivals something dependent on an action? In other words, a person's not liable for the prohibition not to delay his offerings until the time when he can actually bring his offerings, i.e. when the carbon Talmud is first offered on the first day of Pesach. And therefore the Gemara reverts to its previous assumption that he's only liable for Balta Acher once the day of Pesach has begun and he's had an opportunity to offer a korban after the korban Talmud is offered, which involves an action. The Kachoshev, and yet the Mishnah includes that. So how can you say the Mishnah only included things that didn't require an action when the Mishnah does list the festivals and the festivals surely also require an action for the Korban Talmud to be brought on the first day of the festival? So the Gemara answers as it did before, No, the prohibition not to delay actually goes into effect on its own the night before, as soon as the festival begins. It doesn't wait until the daytime when the Korban Talmud is offered or when a person has an opportunity to bring a Korban after the Korban Talmud is offered. That's similar to the answer we gave a few minutes ago. 
And the Gemara again asks from Yovel, similar to what it asked a few minutes ago, for Harry Yovelis, what about the Yovel years? Surely the Yovel years only take effect when the shofar is blown on the 10th of Tishrei. Surely that is an action. So how can you say the, the Mishnah only lists things which don't require an action? Isn't the Yovel something which requires an action and it's listed in the Mishnah? And the Gemara answers as it did before, Rabbi Shmuel, but no Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka. You know, this is in accordance with the view of Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Baroka, who holds that the Yovel laws come into effect on the 1st of Tishrei not on Yom Kippur when the shofar is blown, they just come into effect on the 1st of Tishrei, Mimela, they come into effect by themselves without any action required. We're going to hold here for today. I wish you all a very good day.